Tony Herb. Yes, Jersey, sir. Jersey guy. Yes, sir. David, are we ready? We are rolling. We're rolling already. Oh, three, two, one. This is exciting. Okay, uh, sports fan, fans, welcome back to uh, the TMG podcast. This is podcast number seven, I think. We're on a roll. Um, very exciting weekend to recap and looking forward to next week. Uh, first, uh, let's, as always, thank our sponsors, APBAGames.com, APA Games, the unchallenged king of quality sports strategy games. Um, they've been with us for a couple of years, John Herson. And uh, also, we would be remiss without thanking Revelation Recordings here in Chino. This is where we're doing the podcast now. And that is, uh, their Twitter, Twitter handle is at RevRecChino. And uh, email contact.revelationrecordings at gmail.com. Uh, we have one more piece of business to get out of the way, and we're going to direct this to Jersey guy, our Jersey guy, Mark Blauchin. Today is, uh, Bruce Springsteen's 70th birthday. 70th birthday. I, I did note that. Yes, I did. Okay. Uh, you guys are approximately the same age. Um, and I just want to give you a chance to, uh, uh, and, and the weird thing, we have a friend, Rich Rosenblatt, who used to do college football for the AP, and he's... Bruce Springsteen played at his high school uh, prom, I think. It was a senior prom way back in the New Jersey Shore. New Jersey Shore. Okay. So, Jersey guy, uh, if you want to say a few words about, uh, first of all, that Bruce Springsteen is 70 years old. You can start with that because that means you're 72. I'm 71. I'm at 70 also, not 72. 71. Is this, is this a little shocking to you? It's, it's, it's sobering is what it is. I mean, because uh, I keep on looking at the videos, and he still looks like Bruce at, at 70, that he looked like Bruce at 40, and Bruce at 35. So not me, but, but well, Bruce certainly does. I think he's had more work than you've had done. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, a little nip and a tuck. But anyway, uh, I noticed that coming in, so I want to make sure you're a Jersey guy got to shout out uh, Jersey guy. Very, very aware of it. Okay, I knew that. All right, let's get to the business at hand. Uh, we have on the line from the Delta Lounge in uh, Hartsfield, uh, Tony Barnhart, Mr. College Football, along with Jersey guy Mark Blauchin and Herb Gould from uh, the United Center or somewhere near there in Chicago. Let's start off, Tony, like we do every week, what we learned uh, this weekend. You were at, I, I think I know what, what you learned, but you can go ahead and, and tell us <laughs> what you learned. Well, I, I tell you, I was at uh, Sanford Stadium, Dooley Field at Sanford Stadium, where they had the largest crowd they've ever had for Notre Dame. It was, I've been going there since I was 12 years old, and it was by far the most electric I've ever seen that place. But, well, you know what I learned from that game? Yeah. Notre, Notre, Dame, is better, Notre Dame is better than I thought they were. Yeah. Uh, they, did a, they did a great job of stuffing the run early on. Uh, I thought the quarterback, Ian Book, played exceedingly well. And they haven't covered the big 84, the tight end. They haven't covered that guy yet. But uh, I went to Notre Dame spring practice earlier this year, and at, even at that time, they were concerned about their depth yeah. uh, when they played the really good teams. And if you watch that game, over the course of the game, particularly middle third quarter on, Georgia warmed down and eventually won the game. Right. 
Uh, you mentioned you thought uh, coming out of that game that both schools are would. I mean, well, obviously Georgia is a playoff contender, but you you think that Notre Dame did not, uh, you know, eliminate itself from from contention. Uh, how is that possible in this crowded field of contenders? Well, the, the field is going to have to get less crowded. Obviously, yeah, yes. okay. If 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 if, 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 if Ohio State and Oklahoma are both sitting there. 12 and 1 or 13 and 0 there's no there's no way but I'm what I'm saying is if it comes down to a situation you know like when Alabama got in in 2017 mm-hmm. uh, with, with an 11 and 1 record if it comes down to that kind of scenario I think the committee is going to look at how they played in that kind of atmosphere and they so they had a, you know they had they had a possession and a chance to win the game uh, at the end so right. I, I just think Notre Dame is a, a better football team than a lot of people have given them credit. Even though, even though they were a top 10 team, the yeah. boys in Vegas, they were 14 and a half point underdogs with the boys in Vegas. And I think people got a skewed idea of how good that team was. Obviously, I mean, Notre Dame, if you looked at, uh, you know, where they are now compared to what they look like in the playoff, where they kind of got, they got blown out. Uh, uh, you can tell they're a better team, right? I mean, right. Well, th- listen, the two lasting memories about Notre Dame in, in the, in the public consciousness are the 2012 national championship game with Alabama where it was men versus boys and getting, getting blown out by Clemson in the semifinals last year, that, that contributed to the narrative that Notre Dame is vastly overrated and doesn't deserve to be in this discussion. But if you saw the game Saturday night in Athens, this is a much better team than either one of those teams. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Mark Blauchin, uh, I know we, we, what, what you learned, we, we, we learned Bruce Springsteen turned 30, uh, 70 years old today. What else did you learn uh, this weekend? I learned one, one important fact, which I had, to, I had to verify for myself last night, is never go to bed on a Saturday <laughs> night without thinking <laughs> what was going on. That's tough to playing out there on the West Coast. I mean, UCLA and Washington State, I mean, I went to bed. UCLA was 0-4, and then, you know, I, 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 tur- I, I turn on uh, my computer, and I see Rankin saying 67-63. I said, wait a minute, what is that? Um, I read the story. I still didn't believe it, so I get up last night at midnight to 3 a.m. and watched the second half again for myself. <laughs> now it's going never, ever. Well, let me tell you, the, the the L.A. Times put that story to bed, too, with, with the UCLA losing. Uh, one reason that we are we are all not in the print business anymore, uh, when you have to write a halftime story and it's uh, 35-17, um, that's a bad look. And uh, I, I, was just, I was just feeling for the beat writer for the L.A. Times. Uh, but, you know, that's their problem now. That's a, that's a good one, though. We'll get in, into it a little bit more, but... Uh, uh, I did watch all of that game start to finish, and it's the craziest. It wasn't the best game I've ever seen, but it was the craziest game I've ever seen. And it wasn't overtime; it was regulation. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the thing is that Chip Kelly turned down a chance to tie the game uh, on a 36-yard field goal. He, you know, and I, I agreed with him. It was it was fourth and three, and he said we're going to win it, and then they didn't get it. But then Washington State. Fumbles when they when they're running trying to run out the clock with a minute left, uh, and that's how UCLA won. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Uh, Herb Gould, uh, what did you learn? I think I know what you learned. I think I do, but uh, you can go ahead and tell us what you learned. 
Well, you know, that we've already covered a lot of ground here. I'll go quickly around my Midwest because it's not where the excitement was. Um, Wisconsin, you know, I kind of – I told you in the preseason uh, PMG rankings that Wisconsin was going to be better than advertised. He did. They were banged up last year, and they're not banged up this year. Uh, Paul Chris, the coach, is really uh, marvelous at developing quarterbacks. Jack Cohn is not, you know, he's not in the upper echelon, but he's good enough given the running back he has and the defense they have. Wisconsin, very solid, and uh, I posted this morning uh, reminding my, my fellow Badger alums that it's not it's not far-fetched that this team could be a playoff team. Uh, you know, they're no. very much in that discussion. Uh, not to dwell on that, you know, the other things I saw – Nebraska, you know, is getting credit for piling up a lot of yards at Illinois, close to 700 yards. But, boy, they got trouble tackling. Yeah. I'm very interested to see what happens when Ohio – if they can't tackle Illinois, what's going to happen when they try to tackle Ohio State this week? Yeah. And um, finally, back, you know, circling back to what, you know, Tony was talking about with Notre Dame and Georgia – you know, I agree that Notre Dame is better than advertised, especially when you consider that they they were very banged up at running back and really didn't have a, a real running back presence. And also, that crowd was marvelous. The Georgia crowd really took you know they were they were truly the twelfth man, as Kirby Smart said. But here's the thing: all of that going on, I mean, Georgia let Notre Dame hang around in my mind mm-hmm. in a way you know that that I. I'm not doubting Georgia, but I just want more information. I mean, Kirby Smart, in my mind, should have gone for that that uh, first down when he had fourth and short. Uh, you know, I'm not going to dwell on, on ripping him, but we saw what, what door that opened. Uh, and, you know, given what we've seen around the SEC, I want to see Georgia play some more quality opponents before I anoint them into the playoffs. Uh, you know, they, they obviously are, are an outstanding team, but, boy, we're seeing a lot of quality play in the SEC. And, and George is kind of showing a tendency. I mean, they, they, they kind of let people hang around and they open doors for people. And, uh, you know, that was the, the great breakthrough of Kirby Smart over Mark Rick. But, you know, there's a little there's a little question in my mind. I want to see more before I uh, annoy well, the, the boys. You're going to have to. football. <laughs> Well, you, Herb, you, Herb, you're gonna to have to wait on November second, okay? Because that's because in the next they, they take this week off, and in the next three weeks they play uh, South Carolina, Kentucky, and t- Tennessee. You're not in not in that order, but all three of those lost over the weekends, and none of them oh, very yeah, good. I see what you mean. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm looking at the schedule. You got it right. Tennessee, South Carolina, Kentucky. And then, uh, yeah, the the, the uh, world's largest, whatever you're calling it, this, this year, cocktail party, the Florida game, obviously. Yeah, you're gonna, they're gonna have some good tests there. I see Missouri, I see Florida, Missouri, Auburn, A and M. You know, that's, yep. that's pretty, that's a pretty solid little uh, four weeks of football. Well, they're, uh, they're, they're Georgia's the jump. The only other, there's only two teams. There are only two teams in the SEC who finish with five straight games. And that's Georgia and Vanderbilt. So after after they after they play after they get a week off before Florida, they play five consecutive weeks to finish the season. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. Go ahead, yeah. go ahead, Herb. No, I was just going to say. I mean, I, I, that said, I mean, 
Georgia's number three in the nation in my mind, and, and they obviously done nothing to take that away. I'm just saying that we don't really, you know, we want to jump to conclusions that in September and we don't really know yet, you know, not only in that game, but others. I mean, that, you know, that what does that say about UCLA? Are, are they going to start reeling off wins now? I turned it off at halftime, too, by the way. As you, you should. Yeah. All of a sudden, did the light bulb go on at, at yeah, UCLA? I, with UCLA? I, I said it was like uh, Chip Van Winkle woke up. I mean, you know, it, it, and, and what they were, and now a lot of it was fatigue. And, and we've all seen this college kids, once they get a big league, they think it's over. They think it's over. And this is what happens when you're 19, 19 and 20 years old. And once that momentum uh, light switched, uh, and I agree, all of a sudden Chip Kelly was calling plays like he was at Oregon again. I'm going, well, where has this been for a year and a half? And all of a sudden that kid that couldn't throw straight was playing the game of his life. The amazing stat coming out of that game, the the Washington State quarterback threw nine touchdown passes and lost in regulation. <laughs> that will never, that will never happen again. Um, I'll do br- uh, briefly what I learned, and uh, you know, Mark sort sort of uh, said it about the Pac-12. But what I learned, I you know, the Pac-12 is 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 a pretty good conference, and this is the way I. I describe it today in my column. It, it's like when you go to a, one of those golf tournaments and they have different flights. You know, they have a championship flight and then they have an A flight and then a B flight. I think the Pac-12 is a A flight conference. I mean, they, if they had their own little separate tournament away from the scratch players, that it, it would be a pretty good tournament. Uh, from, 10 to, from 10 to 15 to, to 30 in the country, you know, they got six or seven teams that are going to – you're kind of between, I think, 10, 11, 12, and 30. They have seven teams that are either ranked or getting votes, and that's out of 12. And if UCLA isn't horrible, then that's another team you have to watch out for. But that's uh, that's sort of what I learned. I was going to get into this later, but I'm going to bring it up now because it's sort of apropos. Uh, and I saw this today, and I thought it was a good idea. If 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 you didn't see any team this year before this year, and there were no preseason poll, and all you're basing your top four is on what you've seen so far, what would be your top four? I'm going to start with Tony. You don't know what happened last year. You don't know who played in the title game. Mm-hmm. You just see, you've just seen this year. What's your, what's your top four that you've seen this, this year? Uh, LSU, Georgia, Ohio State, Oklahoma. That's that. That's a good. That's a good four. Mark, uh, Jersey guy. What's what's your top four based on you know what you've seen since August? I would go, I would go LSU, uh, Oklahoma, Ohio State, and then it becomes a little bit more difficult. Georgia probably because it's beat Notre Dame. Uh, the way it did at home, and and then hold on. But after that, that's probably it. Those four. Uh, Herb, and I I have a different you know, I have a different team in there, but I'll see if you put them in there before I do. Well, no, I mean I, I might. I don't know who the other. T- I mean I I think I got to I got to put Wisconsin in there because that's my my yeah. local yokels, but also Auburn. I mean I, I when I've seen Auburn, you know what they did on Saturday, I thought was pretty impressive. Um, 
you know what they what they did against Oregon. I mean, if you're talking about body of work, I, I'm there in there in my conversation. I mean, we always talk about Ohio State, Alabama, uh, you know, Georgia. It would be hard for me to pick four, but I, I would I would certainly have Auburn and Wisconsin in that conversation. Yeah, and, and, you, and you notice no, nobody's mentioned Clemson and Alabama yet. Uh, and <laughs> well, that's that's sort of the point. That's sort of the point. And I, I agree yeah. with I agree with Tony. My if I haven't seen any, you know, I, I know nothing. The, uh, the my the best team I've seen this year is LSU. I think L, and, and I would put Wisconsin too. I mean, look at Wisconsin. They they had outscored two uh, uh, two opponents, one hundred and ten to nothing, and then they blew Michigan off the field. Uh, and then free Ohio State, and then Georgia, and then Georgia. I think is is four on my list. And then uh, the next three are Oklahoma, Clemson, Alabama, whatever you want to put in there. But it is interesting if well, you just kind of wipe out, you know, what, the preconceived notions. Well, what what you look at? Well, you just calculate. You just calculate. Okay, who has this team beat? Okay. Yeah. Well, Clemson's best win is Texas A and M, who's got two losses now. Alabama's best win is, gosh, I don't even know who Alabama's best win is. They haven't had, they, they haven't had it yet. Yeah. You know, and they don't have a best L- win. You know, L- LSU's got a couple of impressive wins. Georgia has beaten a top ten team. Wisconsin's beaten a top ten team. So, hey, to- I'm gonna, Tony. I'm gonna throw this at you real fast, but as it just got me thinking, if Auburn wins the SEC. Yeah, now that's you know, look, mm-hmm. they're probably not going to, but they're undefeated. In, in in, does that make, and Oregon wins the Pac-12? Does that make Oregon a playoff contender? Certainly, certainly improves their situation. Yeah, I mean, if aren't they that, aren't they equivalent the best, to? Yeah, yeah. If that's their only loss, sure. Yeah, they're you got they're kind of like Notre Dame, Dame, right? I mean, they're kind of it's, like. It's, they're, it's it's you you want the teams you play to win every chance they get exactly because it it makes. It makes a difference, yeah. and you know the when you throw Auburn in the mix, it's getting really interesting now for the SEC because you got Alabama, LSU, Georgia, and what uh, Mark you calendars guys. Uh, Auburn plays at Florida next Saturday, not yeah. this Saturday, but next Saturday. Yeah, right. Yeah, and that's you know, uh... Auburn. Think about that. I mean, they got they beat Oregon and and A and M in Texas. And mm-hmm. yeah, we can say A and M has two losses, but you know they let's give them credit for who those two losses were too. And uh, yeah, I mean that, that SEC, you got a lot of good stuff to watch this year, Tony. I mean that's just, yep. that's amazing the depth in that league. Well, I don't. I think it's there's it it's it's top heavy again. I mean, outstandingly top heavy. Uh, you know, oh. I, I think once you get sort to a certain point, then it it, re- it really does drop off. You know, they have fourteen teams too. Uh, well, they do, but you know, we haven't even mentioned Missouri, which is doing some good things. And you know, they had that they had that toast sub at Wyoming, which, which you pointed out is a a really tough place to play. But I don't know if you put Missouri or Florida in another league. You know they're getting a lot more attention than they are in the SEC just because of, of who you know stacks up ahead of them. Right. Uh, well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you guys, Missouri's going to beat somebody they're not supposed to beat yeah. for this year's over. So. Yeah, that's and those are the things we can't predict. It's like UCLA coming out of the weeds uh, and and doing something you you never saw coming. Uh, Mark Blauchin, Jersey guy, uh, 
best thing you saw this weekend, best thing you saw, uh, it can be anything, and, and not a, and not a, you know, a, a t- Bruce Springsteen video. Well, I mean, let me, let me resort to form here. We always go back. We want, we want unusual stuff. Let's go to Rutgers, okay? <laughs> Rutgers, Rutgers lost to Boston College, which is not a surprise, right? But here's this is this typifies what Rutgers is all about. They scored a touchdown in the first half of the game, and one of the Rutgers' offensive linemen was so happy that he did a gesture, throwing his fist in the air, except he punched his quarterback in the mouth. <laughs> That that is a yeah, yeah was, well that is the best thing. Uh well I throw one in there too. Uh, go ahead. and it was right at the beginning of the weekend. Um you know, the, the, maybe the best thing I saw was I, I was watching the you know, the Cubs basically had an elimination <laughs> game in St. Louis Thursday night and were eliminated, you know, it was like the end of the season and I was kinda of bummed and I I flipped over to Tulane in Houston just to kind of calm down. And there's like 17 seconds left, and Tulane goes into victory formation <laughs> in a high game to send it to overtime, except that they, they had a, a handoff and went for 20 yards out of victory formation, which was wonderful in itself. And then threw like a 40-yard touchdown, and they did this on two plays. I mean, bang, bang. And Tulane's doing this against, you know, a Houston team that, that's really, I, I think, better than we realize. That, that was, was a heck of a finish. That was that the was best fun. play. That was that was the best play I've seen in a long time. The, the fake victory formation. Uh, and, and, you know, and that game was going on uh, opposite a really horrible NFL game. Um, you know, but so it, it was, yeah, it was very exciting. Uh, Tony, Tony, can, best thing you saw other than, uh, the full stadium in, in Athens. Well, Joe Burrow Vanderbilt started 13 of 14, finished 25 of 34, six touchdowns, school record. And through four games now, he's thrown 17 touchdown pass and two interceptions. The yeah. only buddy doing better than that. Is our man Tua at Alabama? Yeah, seventeen touchdowns, zero interceptions. Yeah, these November ninth is shaping up to be something really, really interesting. But but mm-hmm. but, but Joe Burrow is doing it against people, and I, I I we all know how good Tua is. But I think college football stats uh, in September and October are the most meaningless stats in, in sports. Uh, it's a difference between what two is uh, piling up and what Joe Burrow is piling up, uh, you know, and they're both great. But until until they get into the meat, you really can't. It's hard to compare. But that's a good one. I think the best thing I saw was the third string quarterback for USC. Get, you know, get off the uh, when the, the wow. when what's it? Uh, yeah. Keaton Slovis went down on the I think the second play of the game against Utah, and this kid yeah. who had put himself into the transfer portal. And uh, Herbie was apparently headed to Illinois, and then and then pulled yeah. out and, and stayed at USC. Uh, unbelievable. I mean, uh, and I'll slash that with best best thing I saw is is Graham Harrell. Um, you when you can t- tell that there's a difference at a at a at a you know position or a quarter or an offense, Graham Harrell, uh, his play calling is jump literally jumping off the screen. He it. 
USC looks so different and so much more efficient no matter who they have at quarterback. He's had three quarterbacks, and they all look great. Uh, and that's got to – and you compare that with, uh, you know, the experiment going on in Michigan with their offensive coordinator – and you can and you can you can really see a difference when you guide a guy that knows what he's doing, uh, and they're in, they're going to be interesting as long as they as long as they they can uh, put a quarterback out there. Uh, but Matt Fink, I mean, it was emotional. Three hundred and fifty-one yards uh, to beat uh, USC, and he might go back to the bench. We don't know if the other guy comes back this week for Washington. But um, let's kind of dovetail that because we got to get this in her. Uh, we can't ignore Jim Harbaugh. We talked about Wisconsin, but the the, the other end of was, Wisconsin was Jim Harbaugh, uh, and I, we we talk about him. It's almost like we get tired of it. But uh, you know what? What do we make of this and what of his tenure? I mean, yeah, you know, I, I, I Tony made a, a great comment uh, a couple of podcasts back about how the Michigan staff is not using Shea Patterson well. You know, I mean, they got him kind of locked into that traditional, you know, pocket kind of world for the most part. And, and I, I kind of watched it with an eye toward that Saturday. And Tony, you were so right. I mean, they really do. They, they aren't. They aren't taking advantage of his. And the other part that's hard is they have a tremendous set of receivers. If they had the right quarterback, that would make a big difference. And and you know, at this point in a guy's fifth year. Not having the right quarterback is on him. You know, maybe mm-hmm. the first or second year you can let it go. I mean, that's one problem. I think the other problem is that Don Brown, who, you know, came in with this tremendous reputation as a defensive coordinator, something has, has just imploded there. Ohio State, you know, starting with Ohio State that fall, uh, you know, that defense is solved by, by opponents. Um they're not. They're just not getting it done. I mean, they had a bad bowl game. They had that, you know, that uh, horrible trip to Columbus, and now this game. Uh, you know that. You know, you can go down the list now, uh, and this all. It all comes back to Harbaugh. I think the other part is that maybe that act is wearing out. You know, I, I've heard and read things about that. I mean, and maybe, you know, he. It, it's really charming the way he does it at the beginning. You know that that. Uh, aloof kind of offhand humor and above the fray and yet and yet a crazy competitor you know that that was great at Stanford for a few years it was great with the 49ers and now you know I, I kind of scoffed at that notion because Michigan is a place for Harbaugh but it's not working out I mean I, I really unless they have a big turnaround this year I don't see how they can uh, come back with him next even though I, the wow. buyout is number. But, but Herbie, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know why he would want to do it. Well, he, he hey guys, he, he's not listen. He's not going to get fired. He's no. going to leave. Okay, he's going to leave. He's not going. He's not going to stick around and get fired by his alma mater. He's going to leave. He's Where's gonna he going to? Who wants NFL. him? Who wants him? Oh, the NFL. No, that's yeah, good. That is a great, great question. Yeah. Although, I mean, buyout, to... I, if I read it right, I think it's fifteen million. I know it's at least ten million, but it might be fifteen this year and ten the next. At any rate. You know, you can ride off into the sunset. He also, I mean, he's got he's got a two or three year old at this point. Uh, you know, I mean, he's got a, a second young family, <laughs> and he's a crazy guy who loves to do stuff. I mean, he'll he'll go skydiving and, and jumping off of cliffs in the ocean. Uh, yeah, somebody will pick him up at some point if he wants to do that. 
But but you're right. I mean that's just, that marriage is not working out. Whether you know, however it happens, unless they turn around things in an unbelievable way, he can't come back there. You could, he's going to bail on his own. I could see him bailing from Stanford and the 49ers, but that Michigan's is is his school. How do you bail on your own school, Mark Blauchin? How does Jim Harbaugh quit on uh, Michigan? Well, I mean, quit is, is, you're right. I mean, it's going to be difficult for him to do that since it is Michigan. His, his history has been after five years, he gets bored, even, even if it's his home school. I mean, I, I, could, I could see him disappearing into the NFL on his brother's staff at Baltimore. That's not going to escape that. I don't know. Um, We're also but, talking, you know, yeah. I, I yeah. think he can still stop with stuff. If he, if he goes out and beats Ohio State, I mean, that'll, that'll solve a lot of problems. We're all, we're also talking about a guy yeah, that's you yeah. You know, you're looking at you're looking at a schedule. I mean, if they if they solve Ohio State, uh, beat Ohio State, and, and and win some of these, I mean, even Michigan State is on the table right now. I mean, they've got they've got a schedule where there's all kinds of problems the way they're playing. Um, I, you know, I think the one scenario where they could where they could maybe make this work for next year with a, with the, the awful year you're talking about is. They've got to bring in two new coordinators, and they've got to have like massive authority. You know, none, we were talking about this business with the Gaddis coming up from Alabama to be the OC this year, and we were wondering if he was going to have the authority. Well, it sure doesn't look like he does, and, and you know they're going to have to do it that way. They did that to Ron Zook at Illinois at the end. They brought yeah. in two coordinators, and they said, "You leave them alone." And that's the only scenario I can see where Harbaugh, you know, can be effective in a way returning. Yeah, he's, you know, but he, here's the weird thing is he's going to end up, uh, you know, averaging eight, nine, ten wins a year. You know, uh, Tony, I mean, Mark Rick went through this at mm-hmm. Georgia for years. A guy who averaged Absolutely. nine or ten year, wins a year for his career, and it wasn't good enough. Um, is, is there a chance that Jim Harbaugh is, and I hate to say this, but, you know, you know, look at Mac Brown at Texas. Uh, how many years? It took him eight years to win national. I mean, how many, how many years do we say? Well, this he just can't beat Oklahoma, or he he can't win the big game. I don't know if that's the case, but the, the, you know, we are we are very impatient, and this is is a guy. Michigan's not does not have a losing record. Michigan will win nine and ten games a year, but he you know he's yeah, not beating you know the what, right though, people. This year, nine and ten games is a big stretch here. I mean. Listen to this schedule. We know Ohio State. Right. They go to Penn State. They got Notre Dame coming into Ann Arbor. Yeah, that's uh, a good point. You know, and then Maryland is a is a weird kind of a team. We're not going to predict that they're going to they're going to lose to Maryland, but they're going there. And uh, you know, and then your Michigan State game, even though it's in Ann Arbor, I mean, there's five or six games there mm-hmm. that are in question. Yeah, and to think they're going to win all of them, doing what they've been doing, is a real leap of faith. Yeah, that's a good point. But uh, to this point, they have you know they they are winning. They're just not winning right. You know they're not winning the way Michigan thinks they should win. But yeah, this is your yeah. the next month or so is going to be huge. Uh, good points. We I we got to get this in before we get to weekend games. The fall of Central Florida, uh, and mm-hmm. we all you know we've been watching very closely, and there's been a lot of hype about this team deserves this, this team deserves that. And then they went to Pittsburgh and, and laid an egg. Uh, Mark, you have been you are been a big UCF guy for years. Uh, what did we learn about that defeat? We learned to have a good offense and then and their defense is suspect. 
and and there are there are nice teams that can go 11, 10 wins, 11 wins, and 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 there's they're they're out of the mix in terms of of even getting out a uh, power a group of five uh, bid this year. So that's the way it is. It was a nice run. It's over. Now regroup and go on. But but Tony, there the the cries on Friday were that this team has been this school has been robbed. Uh, this is a playoff yeah. contender. Um, yeah, you know, <laughs> I no, I'm a then, then win, win your games. Okay? Well, you want, here, win, win. Yep, they 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 lose to a very average Pittsburgh team, a very average Pittsburgh team. Yeah, and and quite honestly, you know, good that they played Stanford. And listen, if they'd have had two wins over the big over the Big Five conferences, then there there could have been an argument to be made. Right, but I've, you did. I've, yeah, okay. I've I've come a long way on this, and everyone knows. I, I mean, I was a big a Boise supporter, as you know. They were a great from the period of 2005 to 2010. They were, they over time they established established themselves as a as a great program, great wins. But here's what I've learned since then: uh, two schools have joined major conferences out of the uh, group of five. Utah went from the Mountain West to the Pac-12. Uh, TC mm-hmm. and TCU went from you know the five conferences that they've been in WAC and everything else Mountain West to the Big Twelve, and look at what those schools have done when they've had to play you know sort of a round robin or had to play within the conference. Utah is you know still a good program. They haven't won diddly since they've been in the in the Pac-12, and and nobody's saying the Pac-12 is the best conference out there out there, but they went. Eight five five seven five seven. They're under five hundred in league play. And TCU, mm-hmm. and these are franchises that had undefeated teams. TCU won the Rose Bowl. Boise won the Fiesta Bowl, undefeated. Um, uh, Utah beat Alabama in the Sugar Bowl to to go undefeated for the season. Uh, but Herb, I think what we've seen about it is that I don't know if you see if Central Florida played in the Pac. 12 North, they'd just be a, a good team in the Pac-12, I think. Am I wrong? Yeah, you know, I, I, I'm i with you on that. I mean, I, I think that's sort of the, you know, we can go back, way back, if you want. I mean, there was a time when Penn State was that kind of a team. You know, they were they were the, you mm-hmm. know, the, the, not in a league, and they were getting shut out of things they thought they deserved. Well, then they moved up. You know, Louisville kind of was in that situation at one time. I think that's got to be the progression, and I think, you know, a, a Central Florida, and they have every reason to be in, in a bigger conference. Uh, you know, I mean, yeah. their, their caliber of that program and, and everything about it, you know, I never, you know, I like the underdog, but I never was buying into all that stuff. I used to get, when I was an AP voter, when, when everybody was screaming about Utah, and I got like this hate mail. I think that was about when I stopped being an AP voter. <laughs> good, because it's and oranges when you're playing in well, a smaller conference. You're not getting beat the, up every week. That's there. There is that's that's the thing, guys. When I've got some friends in the TCU program, and when they went, uh, when they moved in uh, and got into the big boy conference, they just said, "Look, the the." the caliber of athlete we have to recruit now has gone up exponentially okay and you 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 don't realize it until you get in the middle of it the difference in that and athleticism and listen 
Central Florida for as talented they had did, did a tremendous job. But the fact of the matter is, it's a cumulative thing. When you play in the SEC or the ACC or the Big 12, you get to November and you are all beat up. And it's just, it's just really, really difficult. I, and I'll say this one other thing. I think when the history of UCF is written, they're going to have to admit that they made a mistake when they didn't take the offer of Florida for two, a two-for-one deal. Uh, that that was that could have helped them <laughs> change the perception of their program. And yeah. I think they'll look. I think right. they'll, they'll look. They will look back on that as a mistake. Uh, Mark, is, yeah. is Tony correct? He's absolutely right. And uh, and, uh, and I've been a big UCF uh, booster for twenty years. I thought they should have been in the Big East fifteen years ago, and that might have changed their whole perspective because they could have been what Florida State was, you know, 50, uh, as an independent, and then moved moved on to the ACC. And become a national power. I mean, UCF UCF can be a can be a, a, a big time power. If let's say the Big Twelve took them next year, within five years UCF could be up like an Oklahoma or a Texas without question. But right now they're, they're just a, a nice team that that hasn't paid enough dues. But there were people screaming that they'd belong. I mean, people screaming that they were getting cheated out of something. Well, um, okay, that's, you know. Well, I mean, it was. It was. I mean, yeah. you turn on turn on the Saturday shows. Uh, well, they were, but that was wrong. And, and you know, the other, the one, you know, not only you know the two for one with Florida, but the one I look at. I mean, and, and Blau, maybe you'll remember the details, but wasn't there a time when UCF and and South Florida could have gone into the Big Twelve as a package? Yes. I mean, that would have been absolutely. That would have been great for the schools and great for the league. And then we yeah, would that was a big mistake by the Big Twelve. Without question, could have yeah. been. Florida, Yep. Uh, boy, good stuff. We're we're running late, but let's get real quickly into look at a couple games this weekend. Not a heavy load. Good games, not great games. Herb, I've got to I got to go to you first because you hold two degrees from two schools that are playing each other, uh, Northwestern at Wisconsin, um, and I'm wondering what a guy where your allegiance. I know the answer to this, but. Uh, I'm curious to, as to your allegiance in this game, uh, w- w- the, d- the double diploma game. Well, you know, a- a- as we mentioned on Twitter, and, and, and I, I wrote a, a column that was posted earlier in the day. I mean, this is a this is a great moment for Wisconsin and Northwestern. Uh, you know, it's just not working out. This is not going to be a big year for Northwestern. I mean, it's not like a showdown game. Um, yeah, Wisconsin is definitely a team that, you know, I, the thing that amazes me is the line is like 23 or 24 points in that game, which uh, is, is shot. That just tells you what the gap is there. Uh, no, but what about Wisconsin, you? You. I'm talking about you. You. Oh, who? Well, you know what? I'm, I'm a Wisconsin guy because I, I'm sitting here in Wisconsin right now, you know, and I'm, we have our little place up here. Um, and. You know, the, I never. I was only at Northwestern for one year. It was a terrific experience. It was a great education. It was a great entree into the Chicago's journalism world. Uh, but you know, your four-year school is the one uh, I would think most people would say. You know, in my position, the undergrad school is the one that you identify with. So there's no question uh, about that part. Now that said, I, I have very warm feelings about Northwestern. It's, Jim Phillips, the AD there, is he's a special person. Pat Fitzgerald is a special person. These are people I consider friends. I don't have friends like that at Wisconsin. 
you know, so, to that. To, to, just say you're but, torn. But that, you're, that, say you're torn. I'm torn. You're not torn. You know, it's Wisconsin here. I mean, last year in was Northwestern here. <laughs> All right, uh, that's that's a, a diplomatic answer, uh, Tony. What uh, uh, what games are you looking at? Not like I said, not a not a heavy uh, a heavy lift this uh, weekend, but uh, anything sticking out? Well, the the two games I'm keeping an eye on for different reasons. Mississippi State, which has got on a little bit of a roll here, goes to Auburn. Auburn needs to win to stay undefeated, so they go down to the swamp next week with. Uh, in the top ten, so I think that's I think that's a game. Kentucky at South Carolina only because Kentucky's beaten South Carolina five straight times, and both of these teams desperately need a win. Uh, Kentucky just got uh, hammered last week, and so did South Carolina by Missouri. So these yeah. uh, the, the, this is a must win for, for both of those teams. But the Mississippi State Auburn game is the one I'm keeping an eye on. Yeah, uh, Mark. Uh... I'm going to give you this one. It's a it's a it's a soft uh, fastball over the middle. R- Rutgers at Michigan. The over under is a hundred, I think. <laughs> well, I don't know who's. Well, that means Michigan's going to score a hundred then. Could be because I don't think Rutgers is going to. You talk about an anger game. Uh, you know when you're when you get beat up, what's the first per- thing you want to do? You want you, you look around for someone you can beat up. Uh, and uh, well, it's, it's it's like Blazing Saddles when they when they when they shot Mungo. I mean, all it did was 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 make you know make a man. I mean, Michigan is not going to be happy with Rutgers. Anybody, Michigan, I mean, Michigan beat Michigan beat Rutgers seventy six nothing when it wasn't a couple of years ago. That's right. That's right. Rutgers has been shut has been shut out eight times since they they've joined the uh, Big Ten. It has to be some sort of a record, and and I think this could be nine. Uh, this weekend, um, I re- I read from this is what the Pac-12 faces, and a lot of it it's their, their own fault because they play these late crazy games. But somebody, some national guy, tweeted, uh, "No, I don't see any good games this weekend on on paper." And I said, "Well, you know, USC's playing at Washington. That's a good game. Uh, Washington State's yeah. at Arizona. Uh, Cal is the only undefeated team in the in the Pac-12." Uh, uh, amazingly, and they're and they're playing Arizona State uh, Friday, and uh, Washington State's at uh, Arizona uh, as a big game. Uh, Utah, I think they're at Utah, um, and and UCLA is interesting now because of what they just did. They're at Arizona, and this is what I tell all UCLA fans that are all excited. I said in, in 2005, uh, UCLA beat Stanford at Stanford. Um, and Carl Durrell, the coach, chased me down. I mean, ran across the field and pointed my finger in the his finger in my face and, and said, "You, you know, you're a doubter. You're a doubter." And I said, "Well, I said, good luck at Arizona next week." They went to Arizona. They lost fifty-two to fourteen the following week. <laughs> and guess where UCLA is this week? At Arizona. What? I gotta uh, ask your take on that, dude, because one of my one of my golf buddies is a Wildcat, an Arizona Wildcat, and uh, he's going to ask me about that this week. What What do you expect from UCLA I, in the I, desert? That's my point. This This is a team that did they turn a corner, or will they go lay an egg? The history is after they do something great, they follow up with a face plant, uh, and will this will this game will tell us more about where Chip Kelly's program is going. 
than the second half of the Washington State. Uh, if they if they go in and continue what they've done, I'll say, look, they may be onto something, but they're just as capable going down there and, and losing again, and then they're one and four, and now you know what's what's different. I mean, what's really to be excited about? So, uh, are we missing anything? I think that's a I think that's about it. Co- uh, Coastal Carolina is at Appalachian State, uh, Mark. Uh, <laughs> I know you're looking at that one closely. Let down game for Appalachian State. <laughs> that's a what? So let down game for Appalachian State. Let, exactly. Exactly. Well, one, one thing I would mention, uh, another one that might have gotten overlooked, Eastern Michigan, which had beaten Illinois a week ago, blocked a punt on the final play <laughs> of the game and ran it in to, to preserve, you know, they were going to get beat if they don't if they don't score when the other team's punting. And Chris Creighton, the, the EMU coach, he's going to be on people's radar. He, he's He's got more Big Ten wins than Illinois in the last three Ooh, years. I like and he's tied with Rutgers. Um, at any rate, that was an exciting, that was a fun play if anybody wants to look that one up. I like Just it. I like it. it uh, uh, Tony, is, is, is Clemson at North Carolina? Is that this week? Or we just, I may have, uh, mi- I may I have believe, missed that I one. I believe that is. I believe that is correct. Mac, yeah. Mac has not gotten over beating South Carolina in the first week. <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah. so. so we we uh, we shall see. Oh, oh, by the way, the Appalachian State they play South Carolina later on this year too. So right. just thought I'd point that out. I tell you, they're out they're out taking some numbers uh, this year because you know, that, that's a program that really wants to s- stick it to people, and they've they've done it in the past, and they're still doing it. All right, good stuff, guys. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, it was a fine discussion, and we will reconvene next week at this time. Or and uh, until then, adios. See ya. All right, boys. I'm going to go jump on a plane. Okay? All right. Safe travels. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Bye.